Welcome to RCV Clips, short recordings and interviews designed to introduce listeners to helpful tools and brief explanations about ranked choice voting and how this voting method works. These clips are produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, a compilation of best practices and first-hand experiences from jurisdictions that have used ranked choice voting, also known as RCV. The website, www.rankedchoicevoting.org, and the overall project serve as resources for election administrators, voters, policymakers, candidates, and for anyone who wants to learn more about ranked choice voting. We are not advocacy-focused. Rather, we aim to provide resources that allow jurisdictions to implement RCV effectively and efficiently. The RCV Resource Center team is comprised of former election administrators who have conducted statewide, municipal, and district RCV elections. Welcome to the November 2018 episode of RCV Clips. I'm Karen Brinson-Bell, an election administration consultant with the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Since November is the month of Veterans Day, we thought it would be a good time to look at how ranked choice voting is used to enfranchise our military service members and overseas citizens. Five states, Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and South Carolina, along with the city of Springfield, Illinois, have adopted ranked choice voting to meet guidelines for the Uniform and Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act, or UACABA. So in this episode, we're talking with Isaac Kramer, Absentee Voting Supervisor for the Charleston County, South Carolina Board of Elections and Registration, to learn more about how South Carolina administers RCV ballots for UACABA voters. Isaac, thanks for joining us today. I know you're finalizing everything from the midterms uh, last week, so we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. So to get started, explain in a little more detail why ranked choice voting or in the form of instant runoff voting was adopted for South Carolina and how it's used. Well, the great thing about South Carolina is that we have runoffs and we have such a short window in that runoff period. It's only two weeks. Most states probably are looking at four weeks to, I believe, greater than 10 weeks. So our 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 state, we really just have such a short turnaround time between elections for the runoff. And to make matters kind of harder for the counties, we don't certify those elections. So if we have it on that Tuesday, we certify the Friday uh, of that week. And that gives us less than 10 days to get our database built, everything ready to go uh, for our absentee voters, uh, which our military and overseas citizens would fall under, and also uh, just our normal absentee voters who are in the United States, and then get everything ready for Election Day. So we have such a short turnaround time that when we did basically provide the service for our UOCAVA voters to get instant runoff uh, voting, which is ranked choice voting. Uh, we actually send that out uh, 45 days prior to the election because of that short window time frame that we have. Because they're in remote parts of the world, a lot of our military are serving in places where they may not get reliable internet connection or get mail. Um, and with that short turnaround, this enables them uh, to vote a ranked choice ballot and have their vote count for uh, the runoff. So digging into that process a little more, you touched on it, but when are those ballots issued? When are the ranked choice voting ballots issued to the voter and, and, and what kind of instruction is sent to them when they receive their ballots? So 
by law in South Carolina, we have to send out our military overseas ballots 45 days prior to the election. And what we'll do is we'll include the paper ballot or the emailed PDF ballot, depends on how the voter wants it. Uh, they will have that as their, their first, the primary election uh, ballot. And then following that, uh, they'll have the runoff ballot. And we send that with them by email or by mail, however they prefer. Um, and there will be an instruction part of that sheet of paper. Um, I wish that we actually kind of had it look like the ballot more. Uh, but we don't have that in, in our South Carolina way of doing the elections. So they'll have the instructions, basically the example of how ranked choice voting works. And if we mail the ballot out, we do include two envelopes for the voter to send back their original ballot. And then we stamp an instant runoff ballot on the second envelope where the voter will uh, put their runoff ballot in. Same thing with the email. We'll just uh, we'll explain that uh, via the text and then also include it as a side uh, attachment for them to view. So when the ballots are sent out, that's the first step. And then when we receive those ballots back, we're not allowed to open the ranked choice vote until there is actually uh, a runoff declared on that Friday by the State Election Commission. And then we will duplicate that ballot for the voter onto our normal absentee ballot. So if there is no runoff, there is no ballot that's opened. It just goes to our uh, do not process envelopes that we file here in our office. Uh, but if it is a run, if there is a runoff, we will uh, we will then record that as into our system as being received. That is their vote, and then we will then duplicate that ballot for that voter. And then obviously on election night, two weeks later for the runoff. Their, their vote will be counted at 7 p.m. when polls close here in South Carolina. It will be tabulated, um, and then they will be just part of the other absentee voters. So that, that UACAVA voter's ranked choice ballot is, or instant runoff ballot is treated as if they had gone to a polling place for the runoff. Correct. Part of and when you've, when you've dealt with it, actually give us an example of, of when this has, has actually taken place, that this isn't just some theoretical, that you've actually used it? So in June of this year, we had a Republican primary and a Democratic primary. And in the Republican gubernatorial primary, we did have a runoff uh, because two of the candidates did, uh, did not eclipse the 50% mark, which then would allow for uh, the runoff. So uh, what we did was we followed that 45-day deadline just like uh, we do in all elections for our UOCAVA voters. And then uh, that Friday when the runoff was called for, we were able to then process those ballots like we received them um, for the runoff, and therefore those people were given credit for voting. Now, I'm going to say this, that you probably will want to know too, how many voters actually returned that instant runoff ballot? That's and a great question. Yes, and it's not a huge percentage, and part of that is I don't think there's a much enough education um, because a lot of people think when they vote absentee, they just get that one ballot and that's it, and that's how it is for municipal elections. That's how it is for uh, everything else but a primary. Uh, it's in the primary in South Carolina that we send that instant runoff ballot or ranked choice ballot, and so I would say that our office is trying to educate voters that we send these ballots to just to let them know that this is an actual ballot. 
this vote will count. Uh, so please return it so that way your voice is heard in the runoff, which probably will happen, especially on the Republican side in South Carolina when we have a lot of candidates who run. And we had a very uh, hotly contested gubernatorial race. So this year we did see uh, a good turnout uh, of return ballots for the ranked choice voting. Uh, but still, if we sent out over 100 ballots, you know, typically we only maybe get 10 to 20 uh, ranked choice voting uh, votes back. Maybe it'll be something as South Carolina, I know there's a lot of consideration for South Carolina to move to new voting equipment. And there's been some advances in ranked choice voting ballots and, and tabulation. So maybe that'll be an option as as all that's considered for the change out of voting equipment in South Carolina and can increase participation now, that way. Yeah. So one of the, I'm also chairman of the legislative committee for uh, all 46 counties here. And the acronym is SCARE, which uh, is a long name just for <laughs> South, the South Carolina, basically Association of Counties for Elections Officials. That's right. the easy way of knowing it. But uh, on this committee, you know, we're looking at things, how we can affect good change in South Carolina for elections, especially for officials, because our jobs are very difficult. People may not realize that a lot goes on to prepare for an election. And with that runoff period, like I talked about earlier, being only two weeks. So you're talking from Tuesday, two weeks later, that Tuesday, we're already conducting a follow-up election with every single polling location that is affected with all the voting machines need to go back out with the poll managers and the clerks, uh, the equipment, all that needs to get pre prepared. But then we're missing that one key piece, which is absentee voting. You have all these voters that are traveling, that are out of state, that are working, um, that are just not going to be present in Charleston County and across the state. Like, how are they going to vote in that election when there's such a short turnaround time? So we got to mail them their ballot. And you're talking that Friday would be the earliest we can send out that ballot. That voter is going to get that ballot probably, you know, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday with how the mail works now. Right. And then they have to return it to our office um, by that following Tuesday. And that just puts a weight on the voters and they may not be able to participate. So we're looking at ways. How can we address that? Well, we could extend the runoff time period, but quite frankly, um, or get 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 rid of runoffs completely, but that's not a popular choice. Uh, so we've actually pitched, and I have pitched, the idea of doing ranked choice voting um, in South Carolina as part of whatever system we go forward with, because I think, you know, that's how we can enable um, our voters who have such a short turnaround time to be able to have their voice heard no matter if they're traveling or if they're in town just working. I'm excited to know that you've realized other applications for it and you know that the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center will put our election administration experience to work in helping you identify best practices and so forth. So just let us know how we can be of help. I am curious because you're touching on something that you're just even in a with domestic mail, I guess would be the phrase that there's a short turnaround period. So obviously there is a considerable need. I mean, South Carolina has a large military presence, correct? We do, especially Charleston County. We we're probably one of the big, biggest counties every single uh, year with a federal election. So every two years um, or if there's a special election, we will have the biggest turnout of military and overseas voters. Uh, by far across the whole state. I mean, 
Greenville and Richland counties are also there, um, Richland having the capital of our state. But we are always leading the state, not only with UOCAVA voters, but also absentee. We've led the last two elections. This past uh, midterm election, we almost doubled Richland County, which where our populations are about the same. So we're seeing just that increase and increase and increase. Um, so I, I think that that plays a huge role in what we determine as our future in, you know, whether it's ranked choice voting or something that will allow voters to have their voice heard in between such a short turnaround time of a runoff election. Right. So when you're talking about even um, just absentee voting in general, trying to get those mail ballots out again for a runoff, I mean, that window you identified would be Wednesday. So it's just a matter of days before the the return deadline of the prime, or excuse me, the runoff. And so when we're looking at the military and overseas citizens, they really, if it weren't for ranked choice voting, they really wouldn't have the window adequate enough to participate in a runoff. Am I correct? That's correct. And think about this too. You have military, um, you know, they're, they're, our military isn't just, they're staying in one spot all, all, all year. They're transient. They're moving around. They may get orders to, you know, they might be stateside. So they might be in one of our, our, in our bases in the United States. They might be in Hawaii. And then next thing they know, they're deploying to somewhere in the Middle East. They may be in D.C., and then they're getting called to go to Europe. So this gives them a chance that their ballot isn't lost in the mail or something, uh, because mail is not affordable in elections here. So, you know, this ensures that at that 45-day mark before the election, they're going to have their voice heard in whichever outcome there is, whether there's only going to be one election or if there's going to be a continuation of the election with a runoff. And I know you talked about that you'd love to see more of the military and overseas citizens utilize that runoff ballot. Um, for those that do, do you find that they are effectively marking their ballot, that they understand um, De the process Defi and, and what's yeah, definitely. involved? Yeah, and I really enjoy what y'all have on your website as kind of a visual aid, which is kind of what we use for the voters so they can see um, not just uh, read the text, but they can see an example of it done. And I think that's important for them, but I'm yet to, I have yet to see in any of the ballots, um, you know, Mark, you know, they cross something out like, oh my gosh, I messed up. It's self-explanatory. They see it. They use it effectively. Uh, we know what their intent is. There's no question about that. And uh, from what I've seen is, you know, when there's four candidates, they do rank them the four. They don't just do one. They don't just do two. They actually take that seriously. And what that means is like, hey, you want to have your voice heard, you know, the more choices you make, the more likely is your vote is going to carry over to the runoff. And what's been really great for our voters is using uh, kind of your resources that you've put out on rankedchoicevoting.org, and that's helped with definitely visuals, uh, instructions, and something we've used as our office to kind of educate uh, our military and overseas voters on how to return their ballot. This is great to hear, and... Uh... We'll, you know, we'll take we'll take the compliments. Um, I'm going to deviate just a little bit before we let you go because there's another um, program that you administer for the Charleston County Elections Board, and that's the Vote in Honor of a Veteran program. So, talk a little bit about that. I think that's something that stays under the radar, and I think it's good for folks to know how they can participate in that. And also, if they're you know, we have listeners 
nationwide, actually internationally to this podcast. So um, how can someone participate in the program, even if they're not in South Carolina? So vote in honor of a veteran. Uh, I actually uh, was doing a lot of research after 2014. I was looking at effective ways where we can increase voter turnout, just in general, especially in elections where people are not maybe super excited. So you're thinking municipal elections. People traditionally are going to vote in Charleston County. I know this is probably nationwide. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot, uh, or much fewer votes are cast in a mid in a municipal election than it is for like a midterm or even presidential. So part of that in that initiative where I, sh I sat down with our director was what are new ways we can do in Charleston County? Um, what are new initiatives? And something that really struck a chord with me was in my research, I noticed that some states did what we call vote in honor of a veteran, which you submit a testimonial on the website. It's all great. Uh, it's a lot of fanfare and it's, you, get, you know, maybe get a little certificate in the mail. I said, well, I like that idea. But let's go further with that. And we're the only state, or actually the only county, because uh, the state doesn't really do the whole program, but we do in Charleston. My my part of this, which I've created, is we actually bring veterans into the classroom. And they speak to 17 and 18-year-olds that their vote is tied to something greater than just going to the ballot box. Their vote is their voice, but most importantly, that, that vote is tied to the sacrifice of a man or a woman in uniform who laid everything on the line for them and currently doing for us to have the freedoms we enjoy. And we take that for granted. So it's to instill in our youngest uh, the importance of being civically involved. And we changed the name of the program to Your Vote, Our Veterans to give it distinguished why we're unique, why it's different than other states. And we've seen huge success. We, we've gone to uh, four high schools in our county, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but it started with as a pilot with 50 kids in a classroom to show that it would work. And the kids are more engaged. The teachers are telling us, you know, when we come in the classroom, the veteran speaks. There's a Q&A. They're, they're sharing their story. And it's, the students, are it's resonating with them. And they understand, like, hey, voting is important. It's not just register to vote because that was it's a huge drive a lot of people do let's get our young kids registered to get them registered but it's not hey let's get them registered and voting and i think that's one of the key distinguishing parts of our program we're doing the second step which is get involved in the process and then we have a scholarship that is tied to the program to award to a high school senior for college um, to really uh, help them in the future. So not only is it getting them civically involved, but it's helping them and also reintegrating our veterans into the community to show them that we value them and we appreciate and honor them uh, every every day, not just on Election Day or on Veterans Day. So that's a little bit about it. I love it. I think it's a great program, and we're always looking for you know more people, especially locally in Charleston, to get involved. But we just uh, appreciate just the highlight of that and be able to share it with other people. Well, we're always looking to share best practices, and I think you've just highlighted one that Charleston County has for sure. And we hope that if uh, listeners are wanting to be a part of that, that they'll check in with their state or local election officials and find out if that exists in their community or if they can help start that. Yeah, and if so, you want to see more about the program, we have our website, vote dot charlestoncounty.org and there there's a tab there that says 
Your Vote, Our Veterans, and you can read more about the program. You can see the testimonials that people have submitted, and there's we have some videos. We have a YouTube video on our front page with one of our veterans who's a dynamic speaker. He's awesome. His name is Jermaine Husser, um, and he's just a leader. He's phenomenal with students. And then we have a little lapel pin, and that's something we borrowed from other counties. So we took something that exists in other counties and states, and we just made it, I think, better and just something that will really impact students' lives. And I, I really appreciate the election community that we can share ideas because, you know, we're not going to reinvent the wheel, but I think we can make things better and refine things. And I think this program shows that. I think so, too. So thank you, Isaac, uh, for joining us today and certainly for all that you and your colleagues are doing to honor our veterans and ensure our military and overseas citizens are fully able to exercise their voting rights. Um, to our listeners, thank you for joining us today for our November RCV clip. This is a monthly segment produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. You can subscribe to RCV clips anywhere you get podcasts. Please take a few seconds to rate and review the podcast, too. Our theme music is Flutterbee by Poddington Bear. Until next time, I'm Karen Brinson-Bell. On behalf of Chris Hughes and the rest of my colleagues at the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.